Hello and welcome to That Band Life. I'm Jeff Young, Director of Camps for Music for All in Indianapolis, Indiana. And I'm Bobby Lambert, Director of Bands at Wando High School in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. That Band Life, a podcast about making our careers as music educators more fulfilling so we can be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. Before we begin, I want to tell you about the Dynamic Marching Shop. This podcast is coming to you ad-free, and one way you can support us is by visiting our website, dynamicmarching.com, and sign up for some or all of our awesome courses and instructional videos. This is the time of year where everybody needs lots of products, and we hope that you visit us and give us a chance to win your business. We have some great prices. So flagpoles, shoes, podiums, megavoxes, all the electronic stuff, we've got it. Good afternoon, Bobby. Hey, Jeff. Good to hear from you, man. I'm excited about our show today. We've got somebody really who, who I think the world of with us today, so I'm excited. Yeah, we're really lucky today. We get to talk with Taylor Watts, and he is uh, Associate Director of Bands at Kell High School in, in Atlanta area. And he went to the University of Georgia. Um, at UGA, Mr. Watts led the Red Coat Marching Band for three years as drum major. And so I guess we have, all three have that in common. We've all been drum majors Good thing, since we're talking about drum majoring today. And uh, actually, Taylor just got his master's in educational psychology uh, from Georgia as well, because uh, probably because he couldn't handle another music degree. Is that correct, uh, Taylor? You nailed it. So welcome to the program. Uh, This is That Band Life, and we want to share with our audience uh, what it's like uh, for a couple of experts like you two to choose the right drum major and uh, get through that so whole drum majoring process. Before Taylor goes too far, you know, I, I met Taylor, gosh, I guess it's been now about 10 years ago. And I think you were, you were doing the director track at BOA for the summer symposium. And right. we started talking about drum majoring. And I was like, gosh, this guy's really impressive. <laughs> Who is this guy? And then the more I got to see you, you came on and did some stuff with us. And, and, and I, for the, the audience out there, uh, when I hired leadership help, like the person who comes and talks to the Wando band about leadership is not Bobby Lambert. It's Taylor Watts. Well, that's good <laughs> to know. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's just fantastic and, and has such a cool approach. It's a sincere approach, but it's also a very scientific approach to talking about student leadership. And that's the part that I have found fascinating. And when we start talking about drum major stuff, Taylor's name is the first one that came to mind because I think, I don't think there's anybody better about understanding the mind of a drum major or the mind of a student better than Taylor. So Taylor doesn't suck. That's the, (laughs) that's the crux of that, those statements there. Taylor, how long have you been on the music for all summer symposium staff? Bobby, we've been doing this together, what, five years now? Oh, I think it's I think it's even a little bit more than that because I think I only did a few without you, and then it's, you came it's, outside. It's well, we're, we're lucky to have you uh, both at camp yeah. and here on the podcast. So thanks oh, for spending time with I, us today. I feel so thankful to be here. Hey, so we thought we would talk today about you know this is the time of year where most folks are looking at drum major auditions, and so this. This is going to be a slightly different episode for us because we're not only talking to band directors here, but we're talking to students who potentially want to do the role of drum major. I know when I was in high school, I tried out three times, never made it until college. Um, 
but it was something that I learned a lot from. And so we want to talk about kind of the what, the who, and the how of drum major. You know, the, in the preparation, the selection, and the 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 choosing, or excuse me, the selection and the mentorship of our drum majors. And so, Taylor, you know, when you start the process, I hope I'm going to ask the right questions to get us in the right place. But sure, when you start the process, what's the first thing? If you're looking at, okay, it's, it's that time of year to do drum major auditions. What are some of the first things that kind of come into your mind? So... The last several years, we've kind of evolved our leadership process. We do separate leadership training for anyone and everyone, concert program and marching band, anybody that wants to come and learn to be a better human being, wants to learn how their actions influence other people and how they can grow themselves can show up to this. And then after that, every session, we have a separate drum major lesson where we kind of distill some of those lessons and we kind of work through some of the more specific skill set, the conducting or the quarter calling or understanding how a mega box attaches to a doctor beat. So <laughs> that's, where we, that's where we start. And I think it's so important that... We, we build the leader before we think about the conductor. So often we think of those as two separate roles or, or we will, you know, uh, uh, will nominate somebody that is a strong musician or a strong conductor, but that doesn't have the total package or hasn't been led in the right direction that they've, they're on fire about how their actions influence other people. Mm -hmm. So I think cultivating that mindset in the program at large by opening up the experience to whoever wants to take part has really done a lot for our program has paid huge dividends. Is that you know, something I, that you start in like January or is this closer to the end of the school year? For us, it's January. So um, I'll try to not to take you on too circuitous a journey, but basically we realized over the course of me doing leadership at Kell over the last nine years that a, a week wasn't enough. Um, and really, when you think about it, you know, the kids come to Bands of America Summer Symposium, MFA, and they have this really transformative experience because they're entrenched in both the people and the material for a week. Um, there's, there's very few experiences like that. So I was trying to figure out how can I emulate that at my home turf? Because here the kids have other considerations. They have homework, they have family life, they have boyfriends, girlfriends, they have all the other things that they're thinking about. So I was thinking, well, you know, what if we hit them just once a week with some important leadership lessons? So we do this once a week, January, February, and early March until we hit the large group performance evaluation season. We let it trend a little bit downwards. And then after we've hit most of the psychology and the philosophy and the getting them to understand why they're leading in the front half of the semester, we bring them back in late April or early May to teach them the responsibilities of the role. Okay, now that you understand the ethos, how are we actually going to do the role of drum major. What's, what, what does it entail? What lists do you have to create? You know, do you need to be there an hour before and after every rehearsal? It's the more nuts and bolts portion of the training. Wow. So we, we do a, a similar thing, but it's not quite as long reaching. We do two different leadership sessions that are open to everybody here. And I think a number of schools will do that. When I'm brought in, usually they'll, they'll want me to do something that's open to everybody and then something that's a little bit more targeted. So if, if, I'm, if I'm a band director in that spot, what are the things that, you know, are, are there resources that you would point me toward? 
you know, if I can't bring Taylor Watts in, are, are, is there any information that you might point me toward? Like, for example, you know, Tim Lotzenheiser has some great material on that. But I know that you and I have used YouTube and even TED Talks for that. Is, are there some Absolutely. other things that you might point them toward? Well, there's, I think there's so much out there. The goal is just to be curious and figure out what you want your kids exposed to. You've got ah. t Dr. Tim's classical leadership. I know Scott Rush does Pathways. Uh, I know that Matthew Aral just came up with upbeat leadership, and obviously everyone kind of has a different spin. A lot of what I end up talking to my students about in the curriculum that I created for, for my program was picked and pulled from all of these different mm -hmm environments of all these different curricula. And I figured out what I thought the kids needed to know most. And we started small and then built from there. Uh, right now, Dr. Tim and a, a crew of folks of which you and I are a part are starting the Servant <laughs> Leadership Association I, that was a, for Music. That was, that was a soft pitch there, Taylor. That was a soft pitch. <laughs> So, I mean, that's where a lot of minds that have spent a lot of time on this are coming together to try and create resources for folks to use. And I think that's going to really change the landscape here in the next several right. months and years. Yeah. If you haven't seen the SLAM information, student or Servant Leadership uh, Association for Music, it, it's incredible. So there, there are going to be some really cool things coming from that. So cool. you, I think it's important that you said that you need to, th you need to think about I, I think you even read when you were writing about portray the values that you want emulated in your program. I think right. maybe the, the step before that is, do you have a list of qualities or values that you want emulated in your program? And if the answer is no, that's really step one. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was talking earlier and I said, you know, I think all of us, especially the seasoned band directors, should think, who was the worst drum major we've ever seen and experienced? And then and describe, right there, describe yeah, those characteristics. Exactly. Descri describe those characteristics in the, the way that you, what you don't want. Sometimes it's easier to figure out what do you not want as opposed to just what you want. And then you kind of do the, the audition process in the same way. You say, okay, what, what do I wish I could have fleshed out in March or April? as opposed to finding it out on the podium in September. And, right. and so I think that that's, that's really a pretty big, big deal. Before we get into the audition process, though, I thought it was important. You, you, you touched on this before, and I think, Jeff, you, you mentioned this, about looking for sophomores and, and recruiting them and trying to get them interested in the drum major audition process. I know at my school sometimes, and I mean, I do work with drum majors. Like I think everybody knows that, but we sometimes have had a hard time getting kids to leave the field and go to the podium. They really enjoy right. marching and performing. And so how do you, you know, guys, what are some recruiting things or what are some things that you do or who do you look for? Let's say back in December, November, like how do you plant the seeds of getting kids to get excited about drum major auditions? Well, it's interesting. I think so much of it starts in who the drum majors are that the students see. 
so much of it is a cyclical process of if they see these role models and they see the impact that they're having on your program, they're going to want to, do, it's going to be worth coming off the field or not playing your instrument anymore. And then sometimes it's, it's a little bit more direct than that. You know, it's tapping a student and saying, Hey, I was really impressed with you this season. I hope you're going to come out to the leadership sessions. I hope you're going to come out to the drum major sessions because a lot of them until they see the potential that you see in them, just consider themselves another mm-hmm. student, you know, just, just consider themselves, somebody that's going to go along with the flow um it's really easy to do we 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 allow that to happen a lot in formalized education where we don't we don't let them see their potential you know right yeah but for for some students it's the natural progression of their high school band career and they can't picture doing anything else their senior year you know Mm -hmm. that that i I did this and I got great at this activity and then I was a great section leader and then I was a great leader of the woodwinds and now I'm drum major or something like that. But, you know, obviously there are lots of students who end up kind of going down that pathway, but mm-hmm. there have been some great drum majors in the past that I never would have guessed when they were a freshman or sophomore, they could have done yeah. it. I would say that's more true than not more often true than not the kids who came in and I thought, okay, you know, good kid, nothing maybe standing out who've turned into some of my favorite drum majors, talented and great people. It was interesting, Taylor, you mentioned, you know, just tapping somebody on the shoulder. I literally, I made a, a, a point with our staff as well in uh, November, those last few weeks. And I said, start looking for potential drum majors and we do woodwind and brass captains as well, and tell them now that you think they would be good. And we had more kids audition for drum major than probably the last three years combined this last time. And when I said, why are you here? Well, Tim, our our visual coordinator, said I should, you know, maybe think about this. And you mentioned this at one time. And I think that that's being intentional about that is really important in recruiting the right people. Well, and for what it's worth, I think you just said something pretty profound, too. You see somebody coming in, maybe unassuming, but your first impression is that's a good kid. That kid's doing the right thing. They're they're always hardworking. You see the spark of those values that you want everyone else to be before you ever see their potential to impact others, you know? And it's just... It's finding that spark that a kid has so that automatically I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to make band cool. I'm going to be passionate about this activity and then teaching them and preparing them for the skills necessary to do the job. So we've kind of talked about what are the values that we want to portray. And I, you know, it's not, it's not complicated in, in trying to find those kids who are just maybe great followers, great kids and, and saying, Hey, you would be great. At this, I'm not saying that you're going to get it, but you would be great in this position. You should really think about that when it comes around the time. So we've gotten us now to the – we've done our training. We've done our leadership training. We've gotten the right people in the room, and now we're in the audition phase. What are some of the things that you feel like are crucial in these two, three, four days that we have in this audition process or the preparation process? 
So I think it comes back to what your expectations are for the job, because there are a lot there are a lot of opinions on what drum majors should and should not do, what they should be responsible for and what they shouldn't. So a lot of times I feel like student leaders get lost because they don't have a very clear vision for what their responsibilities are. So I think the more you can define that, okay, I want you calling quarters. I want you to be in charge of running the metronome at rehearsal or putting the band to set and then back down the standby. If you can set the vision for what those are, that will inform the responsibilities, which then should inform the audition process. There's no point in auditioning in them on something that they're not going to then do. So I've seen a lot of different things with audition processes. A lot of people will take the time to select one piece that all of the students prepare so that they get a chance to look at their conducting and see, okay, this kid chose a piece that really challenges themselves. This student chose a piece that was a little bit safer and wanted to show off more of the mechanics. Um, I've seen some people do a unified piece where everyone does the same piece so that they get a, a clear indicator across the board. Uh, I've seen people do checkpoints where they actually send videos in over the course of the training process so they can see which students are trying to cram at the end versus which students have a tenacity and will be working throughout the process to get better. Back to those values. That's interesting. I know, Bobby, I like that yeah, idea. You, talked to, you talked about doing the, the tempo uh, mm -hmm. the tempo challenge. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? I love that. Well, sure, I will. But to you know, Jeff, I think you you heard that same thing there that I heard, which was I and I have this has happened every time. We, we do ours over the course of about three weeks, and in that first week, there'll be kids who come in that I'm like, "You're terrible! Like, how how are you here?" <laughs> And look this bad. Like, what's going on? And then when they come into the audition, it's a totally different look. Whereas I've seen some kids come in pretty good, and they just stay pretty good. I am much more impressed by the kid who came in, you know, conducting with his feet, and then in the end looks very reasonable. I, I, and Taylor, I, I'll get to the tempo thing in just a second. I, I, I'm interested in this question. Sure. Let's pretend. Which you think is more important? a person's character or their musicianship and ability to conduct? For me, that's easy. I, I, I go from yeah. a character standpoint every time. Um, you can teach anyone to wave their arms, or you can hire somebody that can teach somebody to wave their arms. And, and the waving of the arms happens over the course of time, right? They don't, they're not performing in July. They're, they're performing in October and November. So you've got time to build them and mentor them through that process during the season. But it's really hard to teach character. And if you put the wrong yeah. person in front of the band, everyone's going to see that that's what you extol right that's yeah. those are the kinds of people that you put into leadership positions so i think that's it's so important even even if they can barely wave their arms at all if you see the diligent improvements that they're making and they've got good character i'll take that kid 10 times out of 10 well i say that particularly i've i've worked with some small schools who have been in the position where they've got this one killer musician and in a lot of different circles that would be the obvious choice for drum major yet that person's not of the highest character. And so I, I really dissuade band directors, even if it's a small band, you know, one, you're taking one of your best players off the field, which is kind of silly. But the bigger thing is I have, I have never met someone who, who made it through the audition process who I couldn't make a better conductor. 
but I sure as heck have, have come across somebody who I couldn't make a better person. Yeah. Preach. Completely so, agree. Yeah. So anyway, to go back to your original question about the, the tempo thing, uh, you know, I stole this from Scott Rush. It's basically, you know, his point was it's one thing to be able to wave your arms to a recording, but can you make some technical and musical choices on the podium? And he gave me the example. He was talking about, you know, there were times where we'd say, hey, we need to start, you know, this is written at 92, but we're going to start out at 80 and and then work our way up from there. And he said there were times where the drum majors didn't, like they just couldn't get to that. So he put that as part of the audition process. And basically we tell the kids, you're going to have a range from 60 to 160, and we may call out anything in between. We're going to give you a little bit of time to process, but we'll say something like, Conduct 4-4 pattern at quarter note equals 84. And they'll start conducting, and we check it with the TE tuner. And, you know, if they're within five clicks, then we're, we're okay. But we've had students be 20 and 30 clicks off before. The other thing that it helps us with is we always do one that's at 60. It's really tough to keep quarter note equals 60 for any length of time so you can hard. start it th- yeah you can start it there but to, and if they if they have enough of a sense of internal pulse to do that i i don't care if they smack themselves in the face when they're conducting a two pattern <laughs> i i can make that person into a really great drum major so that's mm-hmm. that's one of the things that we do i loved your you know i hadn't thought about that for years about people bringing in their own piece to conduct i just I did that in college, but we've I've never used that. We've used a, a recording of a previous show, but wow, that's a really that's a really cool thought. It, it gives the chance for the students to show you what they're in. I mean, some people will choose classical literature. Some t- kids will take a chunk of a DCI show that they saw that year. Or some people come in with a pop tune. You know, you get a, a wide variance, but you give the kids to show you a little bit about themselves beyond just their musicianship too. Well, you guys both remember my wife and I were drum majors together at Western, and you remember I hated her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I could, I can we, still remember what she auditioned on. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. You don't know this start, this oh. part. Remember, I, I, I say in the story that she was at the audition was clearly better than everybody else, including myself, and I hated her for it. Do you know what she conducted as her audition piece? No. Carmina Burana. Like several movements from that, like the six eight wow. stuff and some of the seven and all Show those things, off. and she just she knocked it out like a champ. And I was like, I hate this person. So now you know. But that's a that's a really cool idea, we, you know. And I I'm just kind of looking at my own stuff. We do a thing where we say, okay, we're going to all conduct a two pattern, quarter equals eighty, go. And we're talking. We actually will have, if we can, we'll have one of the previous drum majors in there as well, and we'll talk to them about syncing up with that person and that tells us a lot and then we'll do three and then four and then we do a, a through the meters exercise which if they come to the camp they'll learn and i think it it separates people out who are just following versus who are really thinking ahead and making that go and then like we said the tempo id and those kinds of things and then we look at, at some other things like posture clarity i had one young lady who was a freshman right now, and she she had a great audition from the shoulders down. Like, her pattern looked very good. Her, her stance was wonderful, but she looked down at the ground the entire time. 
And that that tells you something. You know, that that says, you know, this is a person who's going to be great next year. Um, so that would be what control, confidence, expression, facial expression is a big one. If you give me any kind of facial expression in your drum major audition, you that's a those, those are bonus points right there in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, and if if I could jump in on a couple of other things that I've seen done, again, uh, it you're going to pick a drum major when the more time you invest in the pre- preparation and picking process, the the better read you're going to have of the room and the, probably the better choice you're going to make. I've seen folks actually put students in front of a, you know, usually it's their top group or a selection of seniors or previous leadership members and have them do some exercises to see how do you respond when there are live musicians in front of you. I've seen that crash and burn. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it absolutely can. And, yeah. and so much of it is how you prepare both the students and the, the students conducting and the students that are being conducted. You know, this is this is a live laboratory for everybody right now. And the only way we're going to know is if if we see it, if we know, if we try. Um, and uh, I mean, you can see a lot in how they recover or how they adjust over the course of the rehearsal. But, you know, that takes that takes a sizable more time than having students submit a tape or show up and just conduct a prepared piece. I've seen a number of auditions where the 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 student maybe didn't have all the musical skills or the conducting skills just yet, but their demeanor and poise in front of other students caused the other students to buy in very quickly. That again is another place where I'll take someone like that over somebody who can do floor door wall ceiling conducting all day. It's, it's kind of trying to find those secret things. Those uh, (laughs) if you're a Disney fan, trying to find those hidden Mickey's of a person, (laughs) like what are those kind of, uh, more hidden details that really create a great drum major. And, and the audition process has to flesh those out for sure. Um, we have a, a written portion as well uh, that while the students are coming in and doing their individual stuff with us, they are working on out in the, the place. And there are two questions that I demand everybody do, and I'll, I'll read those really quickly. If you had to choose someone else for drum major other than yourself and the current drum majors, of course, who do you feel could best fill the role and why? Use character, content, communication, and chemistry where possible in defining your decisions. Because we talk about that all year long. And what's very cool is that question usually leads me to who the next drum major needs to be before I, need to, before I even uh, look at anything. What was that character content it's it's the four c's of the uh summer symposium mm-hmm. <laughs> of our drum the, the dmi character core yeah character yeah. content communication and chemistry now is this a good person do they know what they're talking about can they express themselves efficiently and effectively and can they inspire others to do great things that's great bobby yeah um that question right there usually makes the decision for me and no one is surprised when I come out with who the drum major is. Um, I'd like to hear you guys. So where does this fit within those four C's? My, my number one thing when I like, if you asked me to evaluate our current drum majors in the middle of the season, I would think about 
if 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 I show up to rehearsal, does does is there a drum major who walks up to me and says, "What kind of mic would you like? Uh, would you like two placements for two different fundamentals things? Would, you know, what? How long do you think we're going to be doing that? Cool. Would you like my help? Like, you know, there's there's always that person. Well, not always, but that that sort of drum major is the one that I'm like, I don't even care if they can conduct. That's what I need. I need help. <laughs> right. And and that there needs to be a, a drum major who fills that role, that that proactive nature. Like who is the planner and who can be proactive? And and that right. that goes into the, the character, the content and the communication, I think. But if you um, ask someone else on else on staff, they'd be like, I need somebody who knows tempos perfectly. That's right. And exactly. who can do a rubato the, and who can the percussion person. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The percussion well, person the, will the, tell you that. The joy of having a drum major team for programs that have enough students to do that is that you can make sure that those roles complement each other. Um, a lot of some students are task focused and some students are people focused and you need both of those things in the role. And that's probably not going to be one kid at the age of 14 to 17 years old. You're probably <laughs> going to want to have a couple of people that are strong in different areas so that you've got one drum major that's making sure that everything is good to go before rehearsal. Hopefully they have both both microphones set up for you ahead of time without asking you because they've already seen the need and they'd rather be overprepared than underprepared. But you also need the kid that when it gets hard at the end of the season is going to pull them in after a competition or a bad rehearsal or maybe in preparation for a morning rehearsal and give them a pep talk and tell them why they're here and what it means to that, what it means to the group to be doing the, what they're doing that day. And very infrequently is that the same student. If you're, oh, wow. if you're, yeah. so you're, you're actively enough, looking for all of those during the, um, you know, trial audition. process. Audition Absolutely. Process. Yeah. If you just have a bunch of conductors and no communicators or nobody thinking proactively about what the director needs, you're, you're setting the, the director themselves is setting the team up for frustration and themselves up for frustration. You've got to have that balancing act and those synergistic, uh, personalities if you can. Well, I think that that's where this, this written portion helps to flesh out some of those character and communication skills. Um, like, for example, my, my, that's no, question number one that everybody has to do. Question number two is, if you are not chosen as drum major, what role could you see yourself fulfilling in our program next year? Love it. That's, that's a hard one mm-hmm. because there's some that are dead set on being drum major and they just haven't even given the thought to doing anything else where – you know, hopefully this plants the the seed of what else are you looking for? What else? What else? And if if drum major is the only role you can see yourself in, you're not my drum major. Right. <laughs> Absolutely not. No way. Not even a little bit. Um, so so I think that that's and and that comes from. I've I, maybe we've all maybe I'm the only one who's had this, but I've had a kid audition for drum major, and when they didn't get it, they quit. Mm-hmm. Which of course tells me I made the right decision, but man, that that stung pretty yeah. hard. Um, now I do, I do a couple of other questions that I'll I'll share with you, and like for example, uh, this is one that I stole from somebody else. Would you be friends with yourself? Why <laughs> or why not? Love now that. this is this is a little bit more like from psychology. Uh, it 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 tends to talk to someone's self esteem their strengths and weaknesses, and how interesting they are. And if somebody says, well, I don't know, I don't know that I would be friends with myself, okay, that 
<laughs> you you've made my decision for me. No um, one ever says that though, right? Um, well, they know better. Yeah. But uh, I do think that there are some kids that if you just ask them in general, they would say, "Oh no, I probably wouldn't." Uh, okay, then no one else will either, and you're wanting a role in front of everybody. You can't. Well, and you can't can learn that. so much about the way they think if you just ask why. You know, would you uh-huh. would you want to be friends with yourself? Okay, but why? And there will be why? many different levels of answers to that. Oh, well, because I'm fun and outgoing. Versus, well, I don't know if I'd be friends with myself. The com- the competing nature of our competitiveness might, you know. And then you see what level is that kid thinking on in terms of relational development. Another one that we do is how would you lead differently from the current leaders that you've experienced in our program? And the reason that I do that is because I, I want to see, you know, what other things do you bring to the table? Uh, do you need more? Do we need more of a sense of humor? Do we need to be a little more serious? Have, have we maybe been a little too competitive in the past or have we been a little too lackadaisical in the past? What's good is if they, if they don't, recognize what the leadership skills have been around them, they often don't know what they have to offer just yet. And that's a different conversation. It's, I mean, it's nothing bad, but if this is a student I'm thinking about to lead one of our service units or one of our performing units, I want to know that. I want to know, okay, they, they're kind of starting at ground zero right now and, and lack an awareness of finding leadership potential in others. Let me ask you this. So both of you, um, I assume you're going to you're going to be looking for more than one drum major, maybe three for your group or five, whatever. Um, They all. Do they need to know ahead of time, hey, we're looking for a service leadership type drum major and you're probably not going to be on the main podium because I've seen some some stressful or some stressed out drum majors that at there's some point in the season, they're all going, who's going to be on the main podium or who's yeah. going to be up front or who's going to be in the back. How do you avoid th- that sort of drama? That's a great question. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so, I mean, and there's, there's so many different answers, you know, I think when we train all of the students, but especially the drum majors, they need to be looking at those four C's, right? They need to be looking at themselves in terms of character, content, communication, chemistry, and trying to bolster themselves in all of them. You don't ever want somebody to be, well, I'm a good communicator, so I don't have to be a good conductor. You know, you want everyone aware of all the facets and trying to improve themselves in all of the area. But in terms of making the decision for, you know, who's on the center podium or, are you know, People used to do the switching. I think a lot of that is just transparency up front. Um, If you set the drum majors up to compete with each other, you're not going to have a cohesive team that works well for you and for the kids and for the group. It's just not going to happen. So being up front in the preparation process and saying, you know, this is kind of what the show calls for this year. I've been watching you guys in I'm going to kind of make a decision early in the season so the band can get used to so-and-so in this role. And then making sure that you also treat all of the drum majors, regardless of where they are and what their skills are, equally um, in terms of endearment and in terms of how you address them in front of the band. One of the most dangerous things to do is to put somebody in the backfield and then you treat them as a director like they're lesser than your your center Mm -hmm. major, your drum Mm -hmm. major. And then you're basically inviting the rest of the students to. It, It has to be a conscious effort to make sure that you're treating all of them respectfully and trying to ensure that the group does as well. 
Jeff, that's a really Jeff, that's a really good point. And I was just trying to think, you know, I never come out and say that. Yeah. But I do talk about it in their interview. I'll give you an example. We we chose someone for the first time that we can all remember who was not in our top ensemble as our fourth drum major this past year. And I really I really wrestled with the decision, but she had she was she was a good player. She was a great human being, a good conductor, like had all the all the things that you want, but you know, we just happened to have a number of really good players ahead of her. And so when she came in I, to the interview, I said, you know, now understand we would be setting a new precedent with this. And one of the things that I see this role being is a little bit more on the service side of the metronome and those things. And, you know, how would you feel about that? And her answer was just beautiful. I mean, she just said, I, I want to be where I can help out the most. And if that's where I can help out the most, then I'm fine with that. And it's one thing to say that, but she's also lived up to that. She did a beautiful job with it this past season. And and so I think that it is a thing where you do have to say that. How you say it and where you say it is up to you, but it does need to be said. You're exactly right. And it's not like running the metronome is not important. It's huh. infinitely important. It's just... You almost have to have a... a an engineering degree to yeah. set the TE tuner up <laughs> to do what you need it to do and all the things and tempo changes and a cellarondo and it's yeah, intense now. The the and and the person who's the best at tempo and conducting might not be the most gregarious or or right. technologically savvy, but if you know those tempos are always going to be perfect and you know, what are you going to do? You're going to you're they're going to be on the main podium. And I I I don't like it when people change around drum majors on different podiums anymore. I think mm-hmm. from from a visual judge standpoint, I think it's distracting. Yes. I hate it when people run a drum major from the front to the back or vice uh, versa. Yeah. It's just that's 1988. That is not 2022. My, fa- my favorite is when a conductor is on the podium and someone stands, they stand back to back. They climb up and stand back to back with them and start conducting. And then they just rotate around. <laughs> Right. The old switcheroo. Right. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, no one is watching the band at all. They're watching like, okay, is this going to happen? Is this going to work? Okay. Or Look, they wonder if, like Koji Mori, like he's going to kill the other drum major yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> now, only Koji Mori can get away with that. Yeah. None of us, none no, of us mere mortals. Yeah, none of us mere mortals can do the same thing. That, uh, that Koji can do. Hey, I'll read this last question. I have others on there, and they, I let the kids decide, but this is another one that I asked them to do. If you could change or affect one thing about our program, what would you change? Why would you change it? And how would you do it? That actually is kind of a, it's a really good temperature check of our total program health. If these kids who want to be drum major have some thoughts and usually I can I go through that question in particular and if I see two that are the same I'm like okay we need to address this Bobby and Lambert full- should be removed but yeah okay <laughs> you're probably right <laughs> there are better people to run it than me um, but that I think is is also a thing where you can use the drum major audition and the drum major role is a very important one and it can give you a lot of insight into your program. If, you, if you're saying, I just don't have anybody to audition for drum major this year, guess what? The role of drum major is not appealing enough 
to make people want to do it. it, it here's, here's what I see sometimes. I see directors or staff members just berate the drum major on the podium. And if you watch that a couple of times, there's no way anybody's going to want to be part of that. Right. So I think being careful about how we, you know, it can't be that they're our favorite student by any stretch, but it, it does need to be that you are the bridge between the, the staff and the students. You're the direct link, and you have to have one foot in both of those worlds and be the, the communicator that tells us, hey, everybody's feeling pretty whatever and feel safe enough to say that, and, and you trust them enough to take that advice. I, yeah. I think that that's – you cannot underestimate the role of the drum major. It can be an amazing help, especially for those programs where there's not a lot of staff. I think the drum major can be a lot of things for you, and it doesn't just have to be a drum major. You know, we talked about uh, – like we do a thing where we also have brass and woodwind captains come to drum major tryouts as well because we want them to learn how to conduct. We encourage section leaders to come because there'll be a sectional that you'll need to conduct. A lot of cool things that go through there that I think that if you spend a little bit of time, if you spend an hour really rethinking your drum major structure, it will pay you back a hundredfold in the next five years. Agreed. Well, Taylor, what are we missing here? What's the missing, what's the secret sauce? I, I've, I've been taking notes this whole time. I, I think we've hit some good stuff. Um, I will say, just to reiterate, Bobby, I think you you hit the nail on the head with making sure that you're treating the drum majors as like you want students to see you treating them. <laughs> it's a roundabout mm-hmm. way of saying it. But I, I mean, they're, they're students, right? Like they're going to make mistakes or they're going to make the wrong decision. But ultimately, if you want to encourage them to be proactive, you want them to encourage them to be leaders and not just microphones for you and metronomes for you, that you, it's always important to support them just like you would a staff member in public. And if there's, if there's a need to redirect or a need to coach or a need to mentor, that should probably happen if it can behind closed doors. So that they go out the next time still feeling the ownership and the the ability to make their own decisions, but growing under your tutelage while you're doing it. There's only one thing that I will address publicly, because I do think that it's important that everybody sees the drum major is not above reproach. If they if they aren't doing the right thing, they have to be called out about it, too. But we have a thing where we say, okay, we're going from letter C to letter D whatever, whatever. And the drum major will repeat. The drum major actually starts like no staff member can talk after that point. And so the drum major will say, okay, letter C to letter D, um, what at full out or all in or whatever. And everybody has to repeat that back. Mm-hmm. And if that's weak, that's the one time that I'll say, Brooke, are you okay with the way that the band just answered you? How, how effective do you think they're going to be based on that feedback? Now, really what it's doing, I'm yelling at everybody, get off your lazy butt and respond appropriately. But they see that Brooke kind of took the brunt of that call out. And from that point on, we never have it. Oh, buddy, that was a lot of sound. Was that Jeff? Was that you? I don't think so. 
I have no I just, idea what that would be over here. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. Anyway, I didn't I hear saying, anything, although I have heard lots of bells. Yes. <laughs> but just yes. our audience won't care, though, because they're I all know. teachers. So <laughs> That's right. Like, That's right. <laughs> what I was saying, anyway, like any way that you can kind of influence the band by speaking to the drum major there, saying like, that, were you okay with that, with that crescendo? Were you okay with that diminuendo? Whatever you want there, then you can then you can do some good things, I think. But treating them with respect is huge. So huge. Well, guys, I, I think that we, we've hit on a lot of this, and I, I hope that if you're a student who's looking at auditions, this is, a great, this is a great resource to start with, and like just going through and knowing that this is what band directors are thinking about. If you're a band director that doesn't, think your drum major process is maybe all it could be. We, we've given you plenty of things there to make that go. So, um, And if, Taylor, you're, if you're a young student who wants to learn more about this, you could always come to the Summer Symposium, too. And yeah. you know, even if you're not currently Absolutely. drum major of your high school band, you can go to drum major camp and come back the next year and show your director that you did that. And they'll be like, wait, what? That's awesome. Yes. It's quite That's an huge. investment in your future. Mm-hmm. It, it says a lot. We, I've actually had two students do that in my eight years here, and they ended up being drum major later on. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, Taylor, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, and thank you for you. having me. Yeah, you're, if, you, if people want to find you, don't you have a website or a Twitter account yeah. or something? Oh no, I'm 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 not. I can't Twitter, or Instagram, or Snap. I'm not that savvy. Uh, but I do have a website, uh, TaylorWattsLeadership.com, and uh, the Gmail is the same thing, TaylorWattsLeadership at Gmail.com. If you want to reach out, I love talking about this. I love working with students and directors that are just looking to improve because I think a lot of times we all are, and we just need to have a conversation or get a little bit of resources in our toolbox. Well, Taylor, thank you for being with us today. And until next time, this has been That Band Life. I'm Jeff Young. And I'm Bobby Lampert. See you later.